Welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Well, hello, Jennifer, and welcome back to our sound studio here on the Southwestern University campus. Well, I feel like I'm getting to know the soundstage intimately. (laughs) You know, maybe we should do an episode about this sometime in the future. But, you know, we use this equipment Mm -hmm. just not often enough. To remember how to use it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if someone could tell us how to turn it on, it would be useful. Well, we know how to turn it on. It's just once it's on... Some of the adjustments elude us, shall I say. I will say that it's it's interesting to kind of be back just the two of us in a room because we had some episodes recently where we were doing it in front of a live studio audience. I got some very good feedback, by the way. I'm sure you did as well, that people appreciated, you know, hearing the audience and hearing their questions. And so now it's just the two of us and our listeners are stuck with us. Well, and I would say normally in radio, feedback is something you want to avoid. So I'm glad it was good <laughs> in this case. <laughs> So, Ed, I want to check in about something that's been in the news a lot these days. It's an evolving story, and so I don't really think it's something to comment on in the here and now, but it certainly raised some bigger picture issues that I think people would like to hear from you about. I think most people have heard about the scandal that was in the college Uh, admissions world over the past few weeks and months. And again, I think it's raised a lot of questions for families about how the whole process goes, the integrity of the process, and there's a lot to dig into there. I'm interested, though, first of all, just your general reactions mm-hmm. to that story and sort of what it has exposed. And and, and just to be clear, uh, I'm sure all our listeners are, are aware of this, but the idea is that uh, the claim is that there are families out there uh, of substantial means who – uh, were actually using their wealth to basically get uh, their children into certain institutions um, that they found desirable. And and instead of going through a regular process like everyone else, they were using some of the uh, traps that that um, I guess are out there at some places to to kind of get them in through athletics or um, to kind of. Uh, mess up the the scores on some of these standardized exams in, in favorable ways to their students. I, I guess I have two reactions to this. First, there's just an ethical question about, boy, what are we teaching young people today about doing the right thing and living good lives? There's There's an issue about the value of hard work and setting goals and realizing those goals when that's possible and when it's not possible to learn from that and to realize other goals. So, so that's obvious and, and that's really, I think, something to consider. I do have a reaction as an educator. And, and I don't know if that's interesting or not. I think it's highly interesting. What is your reaction as an educator to what has unfolded to date? Well, as an educator, I'll say that I'm offended so my emotional reaction is one of offense. And it's because what 
how do these families who are accused of, of these things, of this behavior, how do they define what formal education means? By their alleged actions, they're defining formal education as a piece of paper. And the piece of paper has a certain school name on it and has their child's name on it and it says stuff. And that's what they were buying in a very unethical manner. And my thinking is that if you're looking for a piece of paper, just buy a printer and, you know, and print out something. First of all, it'd be a lot less than a million dollars and these these numbers are kind of exorbitant. It's a lot cheaper and you get it done. They're not interested in a process. They're not interested in an experience. They're not interested in uh, the right fit for their child. In fact, you know, I, I just wonder what they were thinking in terms of trying to do the best for their child instead of saying, I want them to have a, a certain name uh, be associated with them for the rest of their lives. What about the experience? And, you know, some of the schools that, that have been mentioned in, in these news articles are, you know, schools that are prestigious and, and, and we've heard of. And the question is, just because we've heard of a school, does that mean it's the perfect fit for every single person? And will that person thrive, grow, flourish, and become a better version of themselves? The answer is emphatically no. And, and to not acknowledge that is to not realize education as a place where people can, in fact, grow and become a better version of themselves. So it, it, it's very offensive um, as an educator for me to, to kind of know that people are doing this kind of thing. Was there a reaction on campus? What did you hear from students? Were they talking about when when this story came out? No, I mean, no student has, has shared their thinking with me on this. Uh, again, you're talking about, you know, big, big universities, uh, Division I schools, which is a, an athletic category where, in fact, you know, athletics is, is really big business. Um, it's revenue generating and it, and it means something. It's not just a place for students, student athletes who, who have a passion outside the classroom that involves certain athletic prowess or a certain sport to be able to, to do that uh, as a recreational thing. But it really is big business. And, and in some sense, I mean, we've, we've seen these kind of issues, these ugly issues raise themselves at, at all sorts of schools. Um, and, and that's why, because it's, it's the money is the driving force. Um, I mean, at the Division three schools and at the small liberal arts colleges like Southwestern University, uh, it, there's no place to kind of get off the ground here. One thing I'm curious about, one of the reasons that I asked about students is we are in sort of college admission time right now. And I'm wondering if you can sort of, with the framework of this story that has developed, kind of remind students about putting their best foot forward in the application process and how to kind of be themselves right. throughout that. You had mentioned traps before. Yep. Well, in fact, it's not even a matter of putting your best foot forward, although, you know, you've got to do that. Your but you've, foot got, forward. you've got to put your authentic <laughs> self forward. And you hope that that authentic self is, you know, your best, you know, current version of yourself. And that's the goal. The goal is to find the right fit, to find the place that will be an intellectual home for you, the student, where you can be challenged. So I'm not saying you always have to be comfortable, uh, but you uh, feel that you're open to to learn, to grow, to be challenged, and to, and to flourish. And I'll tell you a funny story. Earlier today, 
I received an email from a prospective parent, actually, and, and the other parent was copied on this email. So from these two parents where their student is considering Southwestern, and I think it's on the top of his list, and he got into a, a bunch of you know wonderful other prestigious schools, and, and Southwestern is kind of bubbling up on top, and, and apparently in a few days they're going to sit down and have that you know, around the, the talk. Yeah, exactly. Around the dinner table conversation. And so in preparing for this conversation, this father reached out to me and it was, it, it was a very, very thoughtful email. And he was very supportive. He said, you know, look, we want our, our child to pick, you know, the place that is going to make him the most happy. I mean, he, he put it in the perfect way, but it was very funny. He said, um, so I did have a few questions and we're very hands-off parents, which might seem to be the antithesis of this email. And then he went on for about five paragraphs about the family and, and his, his child and, you know, but again, in a very positive way, but it was just kind of funny. They just want information to help guide their child to make a decision as to, you know, where that student will, will thrive. And it was just funny that, so I will, I will reach out to that family later today after we're done uh, with, with our episodes and, uh, and try to answer any questions that they may have. You know, what's interesting to me about that whole discussion What's that? Is that they reached out to the president of the university? Well, and they and he acknowledged that as well. He said, "Look, I I know I'm reaching out to you know I went right up to the top, which I'm by the way I'm not I'm not suggesting that I'm the top here, but uh, well, in terms of title, are. in terms of title, I, I I probably am." And and he acknowledged that too. He goes, "You know, maybe there's someone else that we should be talking to." But then he said, "Look, I but I've watched the videos where you talk about your vision for Southwestern University, which we really like, and we've watched other things and read things about you." And, and it was very sweet, actually. You know, I, I think he was reaching out to me because I guess he, he felt some kind of um, connection through the media. I mean, you know, media, you get to know people pretty well, or at least you think, think, you, think do. you do. <laughs> right. Okay, so I'm ready for a question. We The Puzzler took a bit of an extended spring break. Yes. Um, it is back, I really? understand, today. Well, Is that right? You, you tell me. Can I tell it, you? We're supposed to have one. Well, are we? All right. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. You better make one up fast. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm not going to make one up. <laughs> you know, I often get uh, these from our listeners. Yes. But I got a whole bunch from maybe our most loyal listener of what we must have, you know, thousands upon thousands of listeners around the world. This is from our most loyal listener. Her name is Mom. Oh, Mom. Excellent. So she listens every oh, Sunday and wonderful. loves you, and I think she can tolerate me. And <laughs> and so um, a week or so ago, she gave me a list of these uh, silly little puzzle riddle things. This is great. And I thought, you know what? Let's let's have my mother, Florence Berger, have a okay. go at this. She'll be thrilled that her name was mentioned on the air. All right. I'm ready. So you ready? Yes, but now I feel extra pressure because if I don't get these, I don't want her to think less of me. Okay, well, then you better get it right. Now, I, I, the way, I mean, I'm going to put my own little spin on these questions, okay. by the way. Okay. Um, so the first one comes with a warm-up. Okay. So I want you to do the warm-up first, and okay. then I'll actually give the real one. Oh, so now are we only getting the question today and yeah. then the answer next week like usual? Yes. Okay. Yeah. These okay. aren't, these aren't riddles. These are real puzzles. Okay, I yeah. got it. I'm ready. All right. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready, as okay. I'm going to be. So here's the warm-up, which we, we are going to answer. Okay. Okay. So the question is, can you use three identical digits in a simple sum so that the total is 12. Three identical digits in a simple, simple sum, sum right. so that the total is 12. I, right. I believe you can. Okay, go ahead. 
Four plus four plus four. Correct. Now, that was the warm-up. Okay, I am warmed up. And now here is the challenge for you and all of our listeners. <sighs> okay. Can you use three identical digits in a simple sum so that the total is 12 and the digit is not four? Interesting. Simple yes. sum so that the total is still 12, the digit is not four, and you said three, three identical, identical digits. digits. But the digit is not four. So may I ask a question? You may ask and your mother's not here, so I can't ask her directly. I can get her on. Is, I, can, I can text her right now. <laughs> does simple sum have a special no, meaning? No, okay. just a sum. Okay, so just a sum. A sum. Okay, interesting. All three, right. Three identical digits, sum equals okay. 12, but the digits can't be four. Okay. And that's your puzzle. Okay. Courtesy of my mother. All right. Thank you, Florence. I'm very excited, <laughs> and I will do my best. I don't want to let you down. <laughs> She, so, she loves you. You can't let her down. I will not. I will do my best. Yes. So just as we wrap up our discussion here, Ed, it occurs to me, returning to kind of the, the news of, of the year, if you will, um, I'm curious if there are takeaways, lessons, things that everybody can learn from what we've been hearing about in in this admission situation this year. First of all, I think it's that um, when we're thinking about formal education, it's not about the name of the school. Education should be an individualized experience. And so even when you look at some of these ranking, these generic rankings, they, they have certain metrics, but they're not measuring for an individual human being. And that's why there are so many schools out there and that's why there's so many people at those variety of schools. It's important to pick the best fit. The other thing is one has to always remember to be their authentic self. I mean, think of the victims here. Now, I don't know any of the details, and I don't know if, if some of these students were complicit in this or not. But let's just um, hypothesize that they weren't involved, although the cheating on the standardized exams, I don't know how you fake that without the student knowing it. But, but let's just suppose that that's the case. What, a, what an awful situation to put that young person in where they're now going to go to a place where they really maybe it's not a great fit. They really shouldn't be there for all sorts of reasons and that there's a place out there in some parallel universe where, in fact, they would have a wonderful experience. And maybe it's not the, 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 the name brand that the mother or father wants, but that person can thrive. So the, the, the final reflection is that it's all about you becoming a better version of you and instilling practices of living, of thinking, of creating, so that even after your formal education is over, you're constantly able to grow intellectually and personally into a better version of you. And that's how you pick your institution and not through tricks and money. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your brain busy by keeping up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News.